Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. My heart's open. My mind's ready. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, do you believe it? Then receive it. Amen. Fasting is a time to arouse our appetite for God. Fasting is nothing more than hungering for God. It sounds so simple. Fasting is hungering for God. Yeah, yeah. But you know to know, you've got to understand that when you fast, some things that you'll need to expect is at some point that, yeah, let's fast, that fun aspect of fasting leaves. At some point, you're going to have to dig in. At some point, it's going to become a grind. At some point, you're going to begin to hear that voice in your head that says, ah, oh, what's the use? This is stupid. Why am I doing this? And when you want to quit the most, know that that is the time when your fast is actually becoming the most effective. And not only is God taking notice of your fast, but the reason you're being bombarded in your mind is Satan is taking notice of you as well. And when you're fasting, there is in your body something called ghrelin. Who knows what ghrelin is? I only just learned about this. I've got sent to think by Jensen Franklin. Ghrelin. Ghrelin, simply put, is what makes your stomach growl. Ever had your stomach growl? Don't lie. You've laid next to your partner in bed. You've heard their stomach growl. Amen. Maybe just talking about fasting causes your stomach to growl. Just like, oh, ready. But it's that embarrassing noise. And, and I've had many operations on my stomach. It is embarrassing because you have no control over it. You have no control over ghrelin. Ghrelin is a hormone called the hunger hormone that causes your stomach to growl and make a noise. And it's what triggers that feeling of hunger in your body. Nobody has ever had to try to remember to be hungry. Oh, me trying to remember. No, 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 no. Why is that? Because you have ghrelin. And ghrelin reminds you. It comes around every one to three hours, you know, depending on how hungry you get, you know. And it grumbles and lets you know, now's the time to eat. And that growling noise will only stop embarrassing you if you feed it that, that, Big Mac, or, or you give it some biscuits, or, or you go out list for a cheeseburger. Then it will calm down. And I'm telling you now, you will hear it over our week of fasting. Anybody here heard it during fasting? Be honest. Anybody hearing it now? From the person next to you? Nobody has to try to remember to eat. Because you have hunger hormone that stirs you up all throughout the day. And it's raging. It's inside you. It's something that grows. Feed me, feed me, feed me. You haven't eaten lunch. Feed me. You haven't had supper yet. Feed me, feed me. How many of you have good ghrelin working in your body? You know it works and functions. Our staff, I can, they sit here the whole day. By the end of the second service, I can hear it. And what you need to grasp today, you will think that God is recreating the miracle that he did in the book of Joshua when he made the sun stand still. Jan spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. 
you will feel when you're on a fast that your day is not moving and you will look down at your watch and you'll think it's 6.30 p.m. in the evening because you've been up so long and you haven't eaten and when you look at your watch, it will be 9.30 a.m. in the morning and you'll think, what is going on? This day is so long. And you will feel so hungry and you will believe time has stopped. You're going to start thinking, how will I survive? How will I get through the day? This is stupid. All I need is just one quick Mac. But that is when the fast is working. That's when you'll begin to understand what Jesus did and what he demanded of his disciples and the reason of fasting and prayer. And the point is this. I want with all of my heart that God will give you such a spiritual Greeland hormone, a spiritual Greeland hormone, a, a spiritual hunger for God. That it starts a domino effect of good things in your life. A hunger that lasts all throughout the fast. A stirring inside of you that's saying, I need to read my Bible. I need to get into prayer. I need to come before God. I need to worship. I need Jesus. I can't have another year like I had last year. I don't want another year. I don't want to just go through the motions in church. I don't want to just come and disengage. I want to hunger after God. So I'm praying that that spiritual greelin that is within you, a spiritual greelin, that that'll be there, that will growl. There's this disturbing thing happening on the inside of you. Think, what's going on? But it's, it's, it's growling. It's saying, I need God. I need God. I need God. My family needs God. I, I need to fast. I need to pray. I, I need to connect. And I'm praying with all my heart that you'll be, that, 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 that this, that this Greeland effect for the hunger after God will become so real that you'll reach a point where your spiritual life becomes active. It'll become active as much as you are active in getting that snack in your life. It'll become as active as popping in to get some junk food. Amen. I just gotta say, Burger King. And Liz, oh, this is a good sermon. What, what, what? Amen. So I want to ask you a question. Are you hungry after God? Are you willing to say in 2020, I'm not willing to live this year like I did with the same oh, same oh things I did last year? I'm not willing to just sit here and just go through the motions week after week. I'm not content to, to just have a Sunday church experience because there's something inside of me that's growling and I'm hungry. I'm hungry. So fasting is, is hungering for God. And all along, our journey, we need to show God that we are hungry for him. I'm hungry, God, I'm hungry. Even tonight, encounter night. And I went to church today. But is there something inside of you that says I'm hungry? It's about a hard attitude that says I need more of God. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. Nothing else will do. Nothing else can satisfy. In the book of Kings, 2 Kings 6 and 7, there's the story of a city. And, and the scripture tells us that this city was completely surrounded. And, and Israel ha- had been cut off from the rest of the world in the city. And all the inhabitants in the city were under siege. 
For them, it was an incredible crisis. They had run out of food. There was no food in the city. All their rations were finished. There was nothing to eat. They were in a dire, 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 dire place. A place of terrible, you, I cannot describe, terrible conditions. They became so desperate because they didn't have anything to eat. They became so defeated because of their, their hunger inside of them that the Bible says that they would, they would do things that were unacceptable to humans to do. They would eat things that were unacceptable for human consumption. In fact, they fought over things that you should never eat. They became so hungry that they were fighting over things that normally you would never ever consume. For example, the Bible says that the people in the city became so hungry that for 80 pieces of silver they could buy donkey heads and they would peel the skin off the donkey head and they would cook it. That's how desperate they were for anything to eat. And if that wasn't bad enough, the Bible gave another example. And it says the people were so hungry that for five pieces of silver, they would buy a cup of dove's droppings. Dove dung. That's what they were eating. You know, dove's waste. You've got to know that when you're hungry, you don't consume the right things. And if you feel a deep hunger, you begin to feed on things that you never said that you would consume in your life. I believe that if you don't direct your spiritual hunger, if you don't direct your spiritual hunger to feed and hunger after spiritual things, then that hunger, if you don't direct it at the things of God, in other words, the word and worship and, and prayer and having a great relationship with Jesus Christ, then those hungers will direct you to the wrong things. And you'll start to begin to feed on things that are on the internet and you'll begin to feed on things that, that are carnal around you. And it starts a domino effect that begins to leave your soul lean and empty. And you end up drying up spiritually on the inside. And some of you, it's been so long since you've had a real touch of Jesus because you're feeding yourself on carnal things. I don't care anymore what people say on Facebook. I don't care. You can say anything. This is my diet. I love Jesus. It's what are you eating? What are you consuming in your life? And often those things are just nothing more than a heart crying out with a hunger for God and having a snack meal. God is calling out, come back to me, come back to me. Come seek me in fasting and prayer. Draw near to me during this time. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But we often don't take time to feed our hunger for God. He's Santa Claus. He must do what I want. But me, spend time with him. Well, that's a little bit different. And when we try to substitute junk food, donkey's heads and and, and, and dove's dung. What is that? Hey? Oh, is it raining? I was going to say, hark and Lord, I hear thee. No. Okay. Sounds like a lawnmower on our roof. I thought, who started up a motor? I, I, I don't know if any of you know this. I have hearing aids. You didn't know that, eh? 
They're on right now. I thought they, I thought they were dysfunctioning. <laughs> What's going on? I've got this noise in my head. I was preaching a couple of Sunday nights ago. It's linked to my phone. And so I decided to switch my, I was preaching and my phone started ringing. And I thought I'll switch it off. So while I'm preaching, I switched my phone off. The only thing, I switched it on. And our insurance man started talking to me while I'm preaching. <laughs> and every time I preached a word, he say, what, what, what? <laughs> we substitute a hunger for God for donkey's heads and dove dung. And if you do not address that spiritual hunger for more of God, and you go around trying to fill only what God can fill, and it's another thing, it, it's, it's another thrill, it's, a, it's another entertainment, it's another distraction, it's another, ah, oh, who needs to be in the house? Ah, oh, let's go to the beach. Ah, oh, man, we can go down to the lake. No, no, no. Let's go to the mountains. Let's try this. Let's do that. Ah, oh, let's see what's happening out there. Let's see what's taking place. Ah, oh, let's get this call. Let's try this new product, whatever it might be. And we keep trying to fill this God hunger. But there's a gnawing and there's a grumbling that's going on in the inside and saying, nothing can meet the need of God in your life except seeking Him. Seeking Him. And when He comes, when you seek Him first, when you seek Him first, 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 then, 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 seek Him first, then, all of these things are added. A domino effect. The Bible says in the story of two kings that there were lepers outside of that city and they were outcasts. As bad as it was in the city, literally, where people are buying and eating donkey's head and dove dungs. It's desperate there. It's desperate times taking place. But these guys were even more desperate because they were lepers and they had this disease that literally caused parts of their bodies to fall off and, and they couldn't go near anybody. And spiritually speaking, their life was just falling to pieces. They were in a mess. They were told you're not even important enough to be on the inside with the rest of us. And some of you here today, listen to this message. Don't you let the devil tell you that you're unimportant in 2020. I don't care what has gone on in your life. You don't dare let the devil tell you that you don't matter. Don't you dare let the enemy come along uh, uh, alongside you and say to you, nah man, just sit there and die. Lean back and die. Because sometimes the least likely people are the most hungry people. Sometimes the people who seem the most disadvantaged, those that are overlooked, get hungry. They've told you you're not pretty enough. They've told you you're not intelligent enough. They've told you you're not talented enough. You're not clever enough. You're not gifted enough. But if you're hungry enough, did you hear me? If you're hungry enough, then look out. Because hunger can do for you what talent and gifting cannot do for you.
And in the story, there were four lepers outside the walls. And they were outcasts and their lives were falling apart. But they were hungry. They were hungry. So hungry, they asked this question. Why sit here until we die? Why sit here until we die? Know this, the only thing that will move you out of your comfort zone, out of your complacency in your life, into the things that God can and will do for you. You've got to grasp this truth today. The only thing that will get you out of where you are in is hunger. The only thing that will lift you out of your self-pity is hunger. That's what got them out of their self-pity. The only thing that will lift them out of their excuses well, we, you know, they're in this place. Well, we might as well. Nobody else is doing anything. We're all dying, so we all die together. The only thing that pushed them was hunger. The only thing that caused them to begin to move towards their destiny in God, into their birthright that God had for them, and into a brighter day, a brighter future, a future of significance was hunger. And hunger will drive you. And hunger will push you. And know this, fasting is hungering for God. Hungering for God. And the Bible says that there were four of them. And I think perhaps one of them was sitting there and he had French fries on his mind. Another one, coming from the poor community, he had fried chicken on his mind. And then those that like Noel Druma and his friends, that one, he had Krispy Kreme donuts on his mind. But one stood up. One stood up and said, I can't sit here. I can't have another year like I had last year. We're dying. We're dying in this place. We are all dying. Why sit here until we die, he said. If we enter the city, then they may keep us alive or they may kill us. And, and, and if they kill us, then we're going to die. In fact, have a look at 2 Kings 7, 3-5. They said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. This guy, he's got a degree. He's sharp. The next one's even sharper. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Brilliant. He says, why sit here until we die? That hunger begins to drive them. He begins to hunger and he says, there has to be more. And it was hunger that began to move him towards the, the, the plans of God, the directions of God, the purposes of God, the miracles of God that were in his life. And I know that, I know that, I know that there are things God will, listen, listen, God will, 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 will do for people when there is a hunger for him. When they fast and they pray, I'm telling you every single time, every time, every single time in the Bible when people fasted and prayed, when people hungered after God, there was a suddenly Suddenly you move out of the challenges. You move out of your comfort zone. You move out of your self-pity. You move out of depression. You move out of hopelessness. When a hunger begins to move you. And a hunger began to move these men. And they began to move. They began to move. Four of them began to move towards the enemy's camp. Things even 
got more desperate in the city. Can you believe how desperate? They, they are outside. They're moving toward in the city. It's so desperate inside the walls. So much so that the Bible gives us a, an incredibly astonishing, terrible description. They become so hungry that the Bible says they began to boil and eat their own babies their own flesh and blood. And they started to make bargains with each other and say, we eat your child today and, and then you can eat my child tomorrow. Folks, can you understand the hunger that they had? Talking about people that were desperate for hunger, but they're eating the wrong things. And I want you to understand that when people do not feed the spiritual hunger of God for, for spiritual things in their homes and in their families and in their marriages, when they only feed on donkey's heads and dove dungs and, and carnality in their lives and think that that's enough to hold their marriage together, their life together, and, and, and will bless their family. When you only feed on the carnal things and you don't feed that spiritual hunger for God with the hunger for God, guess what? You will start turning on one another. You will start devouring one another. You will start attacking the life around you. You will be picking up offenses and the enemy comes and he divides family and he divides homes and he breaks marriages and he brings division into people's lives between spouses and families and people in churches. And it's really a sign of a growl of somebody who needs to consume a spiritual appetite to get a hunger for God so that they can change their attitude, that they can open their eyes to bigger things, not focused on one another, not focused on devouring each other, not sitting around the bar, skinner, 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 no, 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 not seeing the faults and the flaws of each other. Whenever you see somebody focused on others and others' flaws, they have lost the appetite and the hunger for God. It's no longer so others may live. I'll consume your baby. I just pray somebody will catch the vision today that they will say, I cannot have another year like I did. I cannot sit in this addiction for another 12 months. I refuse to repeat my past. Something's got to give in my life. I'm desperate. I have a hunger for God that only God can fill and only God can fix in my life. And God can do something supernatural in my family. I believe it. I need God in my home. I need God in my business. I need God in my finances. I need God in my life. Bible says in Lamentations 4.9, those killed by the sword are better off than those who die of famine. The message Bible says, better to have been killed in battle than killed by starvation. After I did the PowerPoint, I found another one says this, it's better to go down fighting than to sit there and die. I like that. Better to go down fighting than to sit there and die. And so you've got to understand, for good or bad, Hunger can drive you. In the Bible, Esau came home from a hunting trip and the Bible says that he was so hungry and he was almost home. But his brother Jacob came out to where he was and said to him, I'll offer you a bowl of beans. Why? Because he had a birthright. He had a birthright given to him by God. He had a God destiny. He had a spiritual hunger that lay before him. But he says to him, I'll offer you a bowl of beans. I, 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 I'll give it to you if if you give me your birthright. And in a moment of weakness, because he did not feed the hunger of God, he tried to substitute a carnal thing for the hunger of God, for his destiny. And that's why fasting is so important. That's why it's not, it's, it's not, you know, you sit here and you can say, oh, that's a nice message. It's for the people, you know. Some of these people, they, they need this message. 
No, no, this message is for you. I'm talking to you. How many of you sat here year after year after year and you've ignored the fast? This message is for you. This is for you, sir. This is for you, dad. This is for you, mom. Business person. This is for you, student. This is for you. God says there are things that hunger will make you do in your life. And I'm telling you, if you hunger after me, you will reach things you could never reach without a hunger that's fulfilled in me. Because I have it all, God says. God says, I am the one who lifts up. I am the one who pulls down. I am the one. Do you know what he promises in Matthew 5? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be, will be, will be filled. And the Bible says that Esau lost his birthright because he, he, he fed that God real hunger with donkey head, so to speak, and dove dung, instead of the hunger of God. And, and he started, if you read the story, because of that one decision, he started a domino effect of leanness in his life. Question. What got the prodigal son out of the pig pen? What made him come back to the father? What was it? It wasn't the smell and the stench. It wasn't the disappointment of the friends all around him who left him because he had spent all his money on the wrong things. In fact, he didn't spend his money. He just wasted it. It wasn't the filth he was living. None of those things got him on the path back to his father's house. It was one thing that brought him back to the father's house, that got him back into the house of his father. In Luke 15, 7, he asks the question, he says, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I perish with hunger. I'm dying of hunger. That's what that's what drove this prodigal son up and out of the pig pen. Drove him from the fault. Drove him from his lack back to the beauty and the love and the grace of the father's house. He said to himself, I am hungry for what's in my father's house. It's hunger that will cause the prodigal son and daughter to move into what the father has for them. And it's even when somebody's just fasting for them. Hunger will take them up out of the pig pen. Hunger will wake them up in their addiction. Hunger will call to the backslider. And if they won't fast for themselves, then listen to me. Then when we, 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 so others develop, when we begin to fast, when we begin to pray for our families, for our sons and our daughters, for our communities and our nations, when we do this so others may live, God says, I will use that hunger as a catalyst, as the force that drives and pushes me in, in, in pushes them back into the, the, the path of God, back into the house of God, back into the presence of God. When nothing else will work, because we do things and there's just negative ramifications. One, one decision can start a domino effect. And do you know what the terrible tragedy is? It doesn't strike now. People are doing things now and they're smiling. Ah, oh, we got away with it. Act five is coming. You're already in act one. A domino effect. A domino effect. And in Mark 2.9 it says sometimes we, we try with all our own strength to do things. 
but Mark 9, 29 says, this kind, this kind, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There are some things, some friends, associates, people you work with, people you do life with. That's why I want to encourage you, get into life group. I went into a, a, a coffee shop, I went to V-Day yesterday, and there's life groups meeting there, and they all got their Bible, and they're talking, and they're running out, and I'm like, so proud. I walk in, they're like, Mark, hello! People behind the counter, V-Day, who's this guy? Everybody in my shop knows him. But you know, some people you know, you've tried to help them and you've spoken to them, but they're on a slippery slope. And that slippery slope will eventually lead to hell. And the only thing, the only thing that's going to get them out of that muck, out of that mire, onto the path back to the Father's house, is hunger. And fasting is hungering for God. And when a church comes together, when we come together collectively, when we have the whole church on a corporate fast, we have a hunger that growls. Our stomach growls together at 1 a.m. in the morning as we lie in our beds. We have a collective growl going on. And I'm telling you, that growl irritates the devil. That growl gets up the demons what's going on? Because they know that the Bible says this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind of spirit will only release its grip on people's lives when people are fasting and praying. And so my challenge to you is who's going to join me from the 2nd to the ninth, in some fashion, some shape or some form on this fast. If you've never done it, step out in faith. Step out in faith. Don't say I'm going to do a water fast if you've never fasted before, unless you have a very strong constitution. But say I'll do a Daniel fast. I won't have any sweet things. I won't have any meats. I'll just have vegetables. I'll do it from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'll just have water during the day, but I'll have my breakfast and something. Whatever it might be, you determine what to do. No matter what you choose to do, let's do it together. Let's believe God for miracles. Let's believe God for divine interventions. Let's believe God that we'll be in alignment, that we will be a people that are traveling together in the same direction. Let's be a people that as we enter this fast, we don't enter and say, oh, I'll just do the fast, I hope I lose some weight. No, no, I'm trusting God for breakthrough in my life, in my family's life, in my business, in my finances, in my relation, mentally, physically, emotionally. Every aspect of my life. I'm trusting for favor. I'm trusting for salvation. I'm trusting for healing in people's lives. I'm trusting that God's will will be manifest. Let's be a people that hunger after God. Let's hunger after God. Let our spiritual green and grow as we come into his presence. Let's pray. God, we want to have all you have for us. And we do what we do so others may live. And we want you to lead us into our future. And if we put you first, other things will follow. If we put you first, Lord, may people see the domino effect 
both positively and negatively, that this fast can introduce into their lives. And I pray that as a people, God, we would stand firm, that we would come together as one. And we would be there for those that, as that song said, even going through the darkest times, that we will be able to carry them, hold them, be there for them. Just before I go, maybe while I've been talking, a hunger for God has risen up inside of you. While I was talking, your spiritual grilling started to growl. And you said, I'm not right with God. There's a hunger to make right with Him. There's a hunger to find yourself in, 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 in right stead with God. You, maybe you walked with God, but you've just grown cold. And, and, and you've just kind of like going through the motions. And, and something inside of you said, no, I want more. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I've had snack food. I've had... Um, cheeseburgers, french fries, Kentucky, but I'm hungry now. I'm hungry for God's presence, for God's grace, for God's love. I'm hungry for more of him. And you know that you know you're not right with him. And today something said, I need to make right. If you need to make right with God, I'm going to pray a powerful prayer. It's a short prayer, but I'm not going to call you to the front. But if you want to be part of that prayer, if you say today, even before the starts, I'm hungry. I'm going to give my life to him. As for me and my life, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do everything. We're going to come before. I don't want a year like last year. I don't want to live a repeat of my past. I'm wanting something new. I'm wanting something fresh. I'm hungry. For God. And I need to make right with him. If that's you. If that's you. Mark, that's me. I need to make. Just raise your hand and say pray for me. And I'll know to pray for Yes, yes. Praise God. Anybody else? Yes, yes, yes. Praise God. Yes, praise God. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Praise God. I'm hungry, God. I'm, I haven't been walking with you. You've grown cold. Those with your hands up, you can put them down. That's fantastic. Man, I love it. A whole row. God loves you. Not a mistake that you're here today. Anybody else, your heart's beating, your hands are all clammy. You know that you know. That you're not right. You don't know what will happen to you if you left you. And you should meet your maker. But you can have a confidence. Is there anybody else before I pray? Your heart's beating. Your heart's beating. There's a hunger growing. There's a spiritual growl coming from your innermost being. I need more of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come, let's stand. And we're going to pray this prayer together. And those of you that raised your hand, there were many of you. It's about your heart. And as we pray that prayer, breathe out all that negativity. Is how I'm consuming my God who loves me, who forgives me, who holds me, who leads me. As of today, me and my God will walk together. Right now you're on the way back, like that prodigal son. I'm hungry. I'm going to my father's house. And so it goes like this. It's a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, today 
I'm coming home. Today, I'm acknowledging you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me my past and lead me into my future. Where you lead, I will follow. I will follow you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen.